Good afternoon. Let's begin. Uh, selected Psalm 69 to uh, launch us out. Psalm 69 is set to the tune of the lilies. And I'm not sure if you know this, but the tune of the lilies was set in Psalms 45. In the deployment of the warrior, uh, the warrior king for his bride. Uh, we've had a lot of imagery going through this ministry related this last week to going down into the depths of the sea. I'm going to probably give a little debrief on what happened last week because it was quite uh, profound seeing a lot of us basically underwater um, and like like fish hunting or going after a, a leviathan. And uh, that was an interesting picture. And I went up to Stephen. I said, can you give me a... Um, enemy hunting song. Uh, <laughs> uh, Psalm 69, though, I was taking to this this morning. I'm going to launch out in this as it relates, I believe, to uh, our event today. David says this. He says, deliver me, O God, for the water reached my neck. I've sunk deep into mire. I'm looking around for solid ground or a place where I can um, find security and stability, but I've not been able to find it, is what he's saying. I'm deep in. I'm in over my head. And even the current seems to be pulling on me and overpowering my ability to, uh, to deal with the things that are around me. I've exhausted myself even shouting for help. If you, if you could get a picture of being out I don't know if you've ever been out in the water or been pulled away from the sea, in the sea. I had this happen one time. There was a hurricane coming up on the coast of Florida, and I thought, I'm going out in the water. No sea's going to mess with me. And I'm going to tell you, don't ever do that. Don't ever do that, just saying. But, but I went out into the ocean with a hurricane. I don't know, it was probably 100 miles offshore. And I uh, thought, you know, I'll take this hurricane. And next thing you know, my feet are uh, jerked out from under me and my whole body's being pulled out to the sea underneath the water, uh, completely like was tearing the flesh right off my chest from the sand. And uh, I come up to come up out of, the, out of the wave and another wave's crashing. And I thought, you know, I'm gonna die. And um, I was able to get back in, obviously. Uh, here I am. The water is overpowering. That's what the psalmist is saying. I, I've got exhausted. I've been out like flailing. My throat is even sore. And my eyes are growing tired of looking for my God. I've been dealing with enemies, he's saying, more numerous than even the hairs of my head. Those who have wanted to destroy me, my enemies, for no reason. They're, outnumber they're outnumbering me. They're making me repay for things I didn't even do wrong or steal. Oh, God, I recognize that you're aware of my foolish sins and my guilt is never hidden from you. And he goes on, he says, I suffered humiliation for your sake. I'm thoroughly been disgraced. He gets back to last week at Jeremiah 15. 
My own brothers have treated me like a stranger. They act as if I'm a foreigner. But certainly zeal for your house has consumed us. We've endured insults of those who have insulted you. I've wept and refrained from eating food, which causes others to insult me. I've wore sackcloth, and they ridiculed me. And those who sit at the city gate gossip about me. Drunkards mock me in their songs. Oh, Lord, may you hear my prayer and be favorably deposed to me. Oh, God, because of your great loyal love, answer me with your faithful deliverance. Rescue me from the mud. Don't let me sink. Deliver me from those who hate me and from this deep water. Don't let the current overpower me and don't let the deep swallow me up. Don't let the pit devour me. Answer me, O Lord, for your loyal love is good. Because of your great compassion, turn towards me. Do not ignore your servant. I'm in trouble and answer me right away. Because of my enemies, rescue me and know how I've been insulted, humiliated, and disgraced. And you can see all my enemies. Their insults are painful and they make me lose heart. I've looked for sympathy, but I've even received none. For comforters, but I find none. They put a bitter poison into my food to quench my thirst. They've given me vinegar to drink. May their dining table become a trap before them. May it be a snare for the group of friends. May their eyes be blinded and make them shake violently. Pour out your judgment on them and make your raging anger overtake them. May their camp become desolate and their tents uninhabited. For they're harassing the one whom you discipline. They've spread the news about the suffering of those whom you punish. Hold them accountable for all their sins and do not vindicate them. May their names be deleted from the scroll of the living. Do not let their names be listed with the godly. I've been oppressed and suffering. Oh God, deliver and protect me. I will sing the praises to God's name. I will magnify him as I give thanks and things. This is what pleases the Lord more than an ox or a bull with horns and hooves. The oppressed looked on, let them rejoice. You who seek God, all of you in this room who are seeking the Lord, may you be encouraged for the Lord is listening to the needy. He does not despise his people. Let the heavens and the earth, let the heavens and the earth praise him. And along with the seas and everything that swims in them. For the God will deliver Zion and rebuild the cities of Judah. And his people will again live in them and possess Zion. The descendants of the servants will inherit it. For we know... And I know, I know this from the Lord about you. You're the loyal of the Lord. You're the loyal of the Lord. You're the Lord's. And we're yours, Lord. 
Uh, stand up with me. Yeah. Praise the Lord, all you saints. Praise the Lord.
face today from the depths of death and I've been and I've been lifted up rescued again and glory to your name forever I will give your name is so great and your love it is for all who ask your aid and all who ask your aid God I skies above I take my chances with this God of love every other option is not enough cause I've got to have you and I raise my voice to the top of my lungs I join the foolish in unknown tongues and then I lift my spirit and my soul from this world to you glory to your name glory to your name glory to your
from this world to you. Glory to your name. of the dead oh you've called me to walk again newness of life in all the rays of your marvelous light I magnify your name I magnify your name just getting this in from the Lord. <laughs> Nahum chapter 2, verse 3. <clears throat> the shields of his warriors are dyed red. The mighty soldiers are dressed in scarlet garments. The metal fittings of the chariot shine like fire on the day of battle. The soldiers brandish their spears. The chariots race madly through the streets. They rush back and forth in the broad plazas. Listen to this. They look like, if you were here with us last week, lightning bolts. They dash here and there like flashes of lightning. The commander orders his officers. They stumble as they advance, and they rush up the city wall, and they set up a covered uh, siege uh, tower. What is the context of this? This is the prophetic vision of the fall of Nineveh. And Nineveh was an Assyrian um, stronghold. 
And I want to tell you just a little bit about Assyria because this is what we're up against this morning. Assyria, the Assyrian says in his heart, he's God of the mountains but not of the valleys. The Assyrian says in his heart, he's God of the mountains. I, I believe in this God but it's not translating into reality in my everyday life. The Syrian says that in his heart. What's the war today or what is going on? said pray this prayer our father who art in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come what is it your will be done where as what on earth as it is in the heavens the kingdom now, the kingdom that's at hand right now. Oh, this is our reality. The kingdom is our reality. Mm -hmm. Open our eyes to see that we may perceive you, Lord, and perceive your kingdom even now. Open our eyes, Lord. Open our ears, Lord. We may see what you're saying. Yes, Lord. said, um, hey, if you're wanting to gain new perspective, you need perspective about your circumstance, what you're going through, I want you to come forward. Um, he, was, he, said, he said this to me earlier, I want to anoint the eyes to see what, I, what I'm seeing. Um, and so I want to ask you if, you, if you're like, I need perspective. I'm, I'm looking at a situation I can't get the, uh, the fine-tuned perspective on. I want you to come forward so we can pray over you. I need, I need a new perspective. I need to see. I've been asking the Lord questions. I've been saying, Lord, I, I don't understand. And I need to know, what are you doing here? I need that perspective. You're going to get it today. A new perspective. Now, now, what I've learned about new perspective is it can feel dark. 
when you're in a perspective shift, it can feel like, well, first of all, I've not been here uh, this way here before, like Joshua said. And when you're crossing into a new reality, you can't see what you don't know. It, it, you can't understand it. And so you, first of all, one of the first admittances that we're saying by humbling ourselves by coming this morning forward is saying, you can't know what you don't know. You just can't. That's okay. So we're admitting that we need, we need the Lord. So that's our first thing. That's what you're saying to him right now. Um, and you say it to him, you know, I need you, Lord. And I want your perspective. Yeah, just ask him. Ask him right now. Just ask him. Oh, he's listening to you. Oh, I feel his presence moving through this room. This is the heart of the Father. I've always wanted to tell you what I think, says the Lord, and how I feel about you. First of all, he wants you to know this. I delight in you, says the Lord. I delight in you, says the Lord. Oh, you're special to the Lord. If he'd have you know one thing, that's the first thing he would want you to know. It's how special you are to him. Now receive, receive from him life of God and love of the Lord. Receive him into your soul and crafted. I'm your delight, Lord. Yes, receive from you. I'm your delight. You desire me. You love me. Stay there. Pray for those that are up front. If you just want to come lay hands on and pray, I'd really appreciate that. 
Just come on, pray over those that are here. Lay your hands on them. And yes, we're going to get a breakthrough. All your breakthrough is right here, right now. Lord of the sky. Trusting in the God who loves us so. I'm leading you in, even if it doesn't feel like I'm leading you in. I'm leading you in. I'm leading you in. I'm leading you in. Sacrifice an offering I have not desired, but a body, but a body. Oh, 
sacrifice an offering I have not desired, but a body, body. So take these bodies, take these bodies, take these bodies, oh, take these bodies, oh, take these bodies, oh, can be the head, can be the hand. She and Glory to the name, the name, the name, the name, the name, the name. Glory to the name, the name, the shield, the fortress. Glory to the name that saves. The instruction of the Lord is entering into your your thought by your spirit right now. It may be coming in a uh, way that you maybe have not been thinking about, but right now, uh, attach yourself to that concept or that thought or that scripture and begin to meditate on what what you're experiencing right now. I think it's just me, uh, Carol. Not right now, it's not. It's the Lord. He's speaking directly to you. Oh, 
strong tower oh shield about me sudden I found you right beside me pushing me on and all of a sudden I looked inside myself and there you were saying listen to him who's beside you pushing on oh you're what I'm going for you're beside me pushing towards you're inside me encouraging me changing me looking out of me i open up my mouth remember the name of this king almighty this three in one this oh generosity come my son come my daughter come come to the table of the lord Come, my son, come, my daughter, come to the table of the Lord. Mm. And I loved you first, 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 even when you were enemies against me. My heart never strayed. My heart never strayed, for I loved you first, oh, and I loved you first, oh, and I loved you first, oh, and I loved you first, oh, oh, I am the Father, oh, I am the Father, oh, I am the Father. I am the Father, I am the Father, oh, 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 I loved you first. 
first I am the father I am the father that's not just metaphor not just metaphor I've longed to hold you in my arms hold you in my wings I've longed I've longed I will ask your aid I'll stop trying to do it myself
2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. Well, we have this treasure in clay jars so that the extraordinary power belongs to God. And it does not come from us. We are experiencing trouble on every side. But we are not crushed. We are perplexed. But we will not be driven to despair. We're being persecuted. But we are not abandoned. We've been knocked down. But we are not destroyed. Always carrying around in ourselves the death of Jesus. So that the life, the life, life, eternal life, eternal life. Eternal life break out. Break out. Life, 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 life. Life. Power of the Lord. The goodness of the Lord. Cure my life. Salvation. Prophesy. Mm -hmm. 
You may be in a storm, maybe in a tempest, maybe at war with the sea monster, but Jesus was too. Inside him there was peace. It wasn't about being on dry land. It was about the dry land being in him. Oh, Raise up a trust in us, Lord. Raise up a trust in us, Lord, to walk over the storm and slay the serpent. Oh, raise up a trust in us, Lord. Raise up a love in us, Lord, to walk over the storm and slay the serpent. Oh, yeah, Raise up a sound, raise up a sound that the storm will fear, that the storm will fear. Raise up a sound brewing inside of your children, oh sons and daughters, oh children of the Creator. Oh, raise up a sound, raise up a sound inside of us, God. Oh, he is God of the mountain, God of the valley, God of the land, and God of the sea. Oh, see, I'm Glory to his name, glory to his name, King over the mountains and over the sea. chains of my circumstance walk on the waves of the storm I want to dance on the chains of my circumstance walk on the waves of the storm and nothing is impossible for those who believe that God is love is impossible for those who believe that God is love. God is love. God is love. And I won't be afraid. God is love. God is love. Nothing is impossible.
Just spiritual, but it's down in the valley. The place of the dead has no keys and authority anymore. Cause I can scale a wall, I can move a mountain, I can slay the giants with you on my side. I can raise the dead, I can free the nations. And Oh, I can fly. God is love. God is love. Oh, it will defeat all. God is love. God is love. Nothing is impossible. Revelation chapter 4. And after these things I looked, and there was a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice I heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here. Come up here that I may show you. That I may show you what must happen after these things. Immediately. Immediately I was in the spirit. In the spirit on the Lord's day. In a throne. He said to me, welcome to my throne room. And a throne that was standing in heaven. There's someone seated on it. And the one that's seated on it is like Jasper and Carnelian in appearance. And a rainbow looking like it was made of emerald encircled the throne. And in the circle around the throne were seven, <coughs> 24 other thrones. And seated on the throne's thrones were the four and twenty elders, dressed in white, clothed and having golden crowns on their head. <laughs> and from the throne came out flashes of lightning, roaring, and crashes of thunder seven flaming torches the seven spirits of God burning in front of the throne and in the throne in front of the throne was something like the sea of glass like crystal and in the midst of the throne and around the throne were the four living creatures full of eyes in front and in the back 
living creature was like a lion and the second creature like an ox and the third creature the face of a man and the fourth creature looked like an eagle flying and each one of the four living creatures had six wings full of eyes all around and inside never resting day or night saying say it with me
just to say that high-altitude sickness is life-threatening. Pulmonary edema is, is life-threatening. When you're taking up into the heavens, <laughs> this is why he tells me right now, he said, I said to my guys, he said, can you not bear with me one more hour? You know why? Because of high altitude sickness. <laughs> They're trying to find their breath. And when we're taking up into the heavens, it's a different air. It's the air of the of the air. It's the AIR of the H-E-I-R. He told me, he said, my people need a breathing treatment. They need some rebreathers. Because I'm calling you up higher. I'm calling you into air that you've not been into before. Hey, you joint heirs in Christ. I'm calling you higher. I'm calling you to breathe a different atmosphere. The atmosphere of heaven. That's life-threatening. That's why you need eternal life. And eternal life has been shut up in your hearts. You know what I say is true. For it comes from him. Eternity has been placed into your hearts. To breathe the rarefied air of heaven. Take a deep breath. Take me higher, Lord. Higher, higher. I'm a joiner in Christ. It's no longer my life that I'm living, but what Christ. Christ's life in me. Christ's life in me. That's how I breathe. That's how I breathe the air of heaven. Christ in me, the hope of glory. There's no fear in love. A perfect love cast out all fear. I was made for heaven. I was made to bring heaven to earth. You were made for this. Take the breathing treatment of heaven. The rebreather. Mm. Mm. 
Move into uh, to this uh, message. <laughs> Trying to collect myself. So, um, so for some of you, you know, we uh, the Star Child X challenge begins tomorrow, and found out this morning that if you didn't get registered by yesterday, that you missed registration. And I went in and tried to build other tickets and fix it and everything, but it would not let me. So that, that challenge will start tomorrow. But however, if you had planned on registering today, because I've got about 25 of you, I don't think that's registered. I have like a, I went through and did a review over the collider this week, and we have approximately 85 people that are connected. Um, to what's going on. I feel very close to you, and I believe you feel close to what's happening in these. I wrote all of your names down. Mostly I pray for you, you know, and, and look after you, make sure that you're covered. But uh, when I ran the numbers and everything, I thought, well, we should have, you know, approximately 55 to 60 who would sign up, and we have 30. And so there's about 25 of you that is still waiting out in the wings. And um, it's voluntary. And I had to, I've been dealing with this all week. Like, why are they, they're supposed to be signing up, and why haven't they signed up yet? And uh, because I really want you all to sign up, um, even though it's completely voluntary. <laughs> and Kara's talking to me about leadership challenges that I have personally, and <laughs> don't take it personal and things like that. And I'm like, I'm taking it personal. Do you ever want them to sign up? No, I'm not really. I want it. I really want this for you because I think it's going to be um, life changing. I believe that it is. Uh, it came from the Lord. He gave it to me. And so, you know, um, a couple things to, to communicate about the challenge that may be helpful. 
so the, the challenge is broke up into soldier, athlete, farmer out of Timothy. Um, it's broke down into prophet, priest, and king. And so there are nine aspects to the challenge within those three uh, concepts. And um, I don't think that it's overly difficult for you, but I want to just talk about a couple things, and then we'll jump into the, the message this morning. Say this the best way I can. This challenge is for the purpose of the reintegration of what mankind was, let's say, like uh, both male and female in the garden. Naked? Is that how you say that? Naked. Or naked? Is naked with your clothes on and naked with your clothes off? I don't know. But naked and unashamed are naked and unashamed. And um, one of the things that the challenge does, and it's, I believe it's purposeful of the Lord, is it brings us into a posture of exposure. Now, I don't mean, you know, your clothes off or anything like that. I, I mean that it exposes because your name's on this thing with everybody else's name, and they're going to see not what you've accomplished, but it has like a points board thing. And so you're going to be in the context of other faces with your face saying, you know, how are you doing? And I had, we had someone this week call in, oh, I don't want to do it because I don't want to be like last, you know. But we could tell those people that the first will be, yeah, last. <laughs> so, um, but the challenge is, is that some of these areas that we deal with have produced, I, I think, shame or a situation of shame in our life. And the Lord wants us unashamed. He doesn't want us, in the context of being exposed, he wants to take all the shame away. He wants to restore us back to the language, and the language is star child, um, because he wants to restore back the dignity of his people in complete uh, vulnerability and dependency. And uh, I think you saw it in the worship today. You experience dependency right at the beginning. Remember, you're experiencing um, some of you are dealing with things. He told me a, a lot of people in here were dealing with perspective. Um, we're dealing with how do we relate to life and how we figure this out. And it, we're coming in with all that. And some of you may have come in with conflicts, problems relationally. Some of you come in with issues with related to your health and some related to your jobs and your workplace environments. And they create issues for us. And I tell you what the Lord wants for you and your families and our family, what he wants for all of us is to be in a context of full exposure and be unashamed. And I believe that Star Child is that. It, it has within it challenges that challenge you to be exposed. It's, it's meant to challenge the exposure. I recently, you know, my wife asked me, she said, I want you to go to the CrossFit, uh, do CrossFit gym. And I don't know how to talk about this too much publicly. She's like, don't talk about that too much. But she asked me to go over there. And man, I tell you what, I had every excuse in the world. And I won't name some of them. But, so, you know, there was a lot of excuses that I had. And I'm like feeling this hurt with her. Like, why is she asking me to do something like that? You know, I was already like, you know, getting my 20 mile walks in to sometimes pushing it very seldom to 45 mile walk a week. I'm in, I was at Gold's Gym doing some working out and things, but she's just like, it's not cutting it. <laughs> and you need, you need something else. Well, I get over there in the gym with those people over at Summit CrossFit South. Phenomenal gym, by the way. And man, it's exposing. The, one day they're just like, the first day they're like, you're going to do deadlifts today. 
and there's like 15 of them or something, heavier weight. I put this heavy weight on the bar. I go pull my deads. I'm like, piece of cake, man. And then they said, okay, okay now we're going to get started. <laughs> and then they're like, what you're going to do is you're going to do 15, 12, 9, 7 deadlifts with jumping burpees. You have to jump over the bar and then face the bar and do a burpee on each side in like a 20-minute session with decently heavy weight. By the first set, I was over there holding on to the I-beam steel. Oh, I couldn't breathe. I, I was holding on, and this, the little coach, her name's Jen, she comes up to me. She says, are you okay, Carol? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm dying. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. You know, I can't take anymore, you know. And now it's been that way for months. <laughs> Just saying. And I found out something, and some of you may know this, but I didn't know that anaerobic activity was the uh, lack of oxygen. <laughs> now I know what that means. But I also didn't know that, just like I'm saying in worship this morning, I didn't know that the lack of the presence of oxygen in the body that God gave us, this natural body, that the body would dig into uh, another store in the muscular system and in the liver called glycogen. And in the glycogen, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say it exactly right for some of you that are more technical, but it's just real simply, your body has another way to resolve the pooling of, for energy in the body if your oxygen pushes out to the max. And, you know, I, I found that out because I'm like, you know, trying to get breath and the body's like, I'm going to pull glycogen now because you need the energy quick for a quick muscle release. What I'm saying, you know, is, is that even in our humanity, our body, and in what we're encountering in the spirit this morning is there's this place, and I'm, I say this because you saw it. You saw, and I'm proud of you, if I can be, that you overcame this morning. You pushed through the obstacle of your interior life and the situations you're dealing with, and did you feel the shift in the worship, when the power begins to move, and you can, you can feel the complete transition from presence to power. You can, you can feel the shift. Your body, your human body's made that way, and your spiritual body is made that way. And I think this, because this was happening to me. I've pushed up to the edge so many times, but not pushed across into a realm that we do not know about. Your human potential, just your human potential, is phenomenal. Every single one of you. But this life in the spirit that God's called us to is a life to, of overcoming. And so this challenge that's been put before you is, is simple, but Star Child X is meant to um, challenge in those areas to get uh, us to hit those walls. Um, you're going to hit them academically, maybe intellectually. You're going to hit them in your body. You're going to hit them in, uh, with your spiritual life, and you're going to hit them relationally. You're going to hit them prophetically. You're, you're going to hit walls, and you're going to hit them in your finances. And the Lord wants us to overcome. And so I, 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 he gave me the, for our community. And again, if you didn't get signed up, the registration closed yesterday. If you want this, please let me know. I'll build a whole nother Star Child X for the rest of for everybody else, it'll match the other one, the other team that's already signed up because they will start in the morning. And I think I can put a delay in, like maybe a few day delay, and then we'll start the other one. And, you know, if we can get the rest to sign up. I know um, 
I didn't think this, but all my kids, uh, and I'm not saying your kids have to do that, all of my children uh, wanted to sign up on it, uh, except Susanna. But, uh, sorry, Susanna, but she didn't, she really didn't want to do it, but, but she did it, uh, because I told her she had to, because she was under my authority. <laughs> it wasn't, vol- she said, you said it was voluntary. Not in this house, it's not. Okay. <laughs> So again, if you want to sign up, please let me know to, today or tomorrow because by text or by the Facebook Messenger, hey, I went in on this. I don't want to miss this opportunity. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss it because after Star Child X or Star Child M will fold into the next one and it'll build off of X and M will be tougher than X, but you'll want this and then we'll have Star Child X2M and it'll be even tougher. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> Um, just like a little hint into Star Child M, it will be biblical meditation is in this one, but in that one it'll be contemplation. And contemplation will involve complete stillness and quietness with the Lord alone, with no music, nothing, just waiting on Him, attending unto Him. That'll be like a 15 minute segment every day in Star Child M, just to con- show you what maybe the next level up challenge will be in, in the one that's forthcoming. Remember, the Lord doesn't want, he wants us to be fully exposed and unashamed. As a child, that's a star, (laughs) that you're amazing, and that you would shine like the stars. All right, I hope my pitch worked this time. (laughs) It's not a, I I want this for you, but I really want you to do it. All right. All right, today, X2M. 139, um, X2M means exit to millennium. Um, there was a first exodus. There's a second exodus with the Lord, but in this last time, we'll have an exit to millennium. And uh, so when, it, when I was receiving information in Scripture based off of the second exodus and the Holy Spirit, he told me, he said, you know, you can say second exodus if you want, but I would prefer that you say exit to millennium. I was like, oh, you know how kind he is. I would prefer that you say that. I was like, okay, that's what we're going to say. We're not going to call it a second exodus. We're going to call it exit to millennium. And so today uh, we go through a series of events together, if you're not familiar with what's going on in this room, that is staging for the glorification of man, for the restoration of all things, Acts 3.21, for the inbreaking of our king. Every purpose, every event that we hold is to get our king back. It's just one more, one more event going forward to, uh, to agree with him. And so today, uh, you find yourself at X2M 139, perspicacity. Um, uh, all of our events for some time have started with P because I was in a prayer meeting and Tom McManus and I was asking the Lord, what letter do you want me to start the name of the events with? Right when I asked the Lord that, Tom's over there talking about driving kids in a school bus or a bus that he's uh, taking care of for the Lord and he's singing this song, Give P a Chance. Because they had to go to the restroom so bad, and he was picking on them because they were driving on these long, long places. And so they're all like, oh, I gotta go. And, and the Lord's like, in his humor, is like, that's how you're gonna name your events. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we've had a lot of peas, uh, but today, uh, <laughs> perspicacity. Uh, give a definition 
so that we can understand perspicacity and then, and then we'll move into our text. Perspicacity is penetrating discernment. Now, mind you, we're in a series called Judge of the World. And so in this three-part series, we are, we're learning with him how to grow in discernment and judgment in the context of Eden. And so the prophetic picture that I'm under is I'm, the Lord is saying, I want to set order in the restoration of family in the context of Eden. I've brought my people back to me in this Asheville area, which was originally called Eden Land. And I want to restore proper judgment back to them because Adam and Eve had failed in that. They had went to eat from what? The tree of what? Knowledge. They went to eat from a different tree than the tree that he had ordained for them to eat. He had given them a prohibition like zero sugar. Do not eat. Oh, that's part of the, that's part of the star child. Do not eat from the king tree for in the day that you do, you shall surely grow. No, <laughs> outward. Anyways, he's, he, he was saying, look, you know, I, I want to deepen your um, perception. I, I want to restore perspicacity back to my people. We, we lost our ability in the fall to discern properly. And because of the chaos and the, the convolution of, of life and uh, situations that have been going on in our culture, they get inside of our mindsets and our concepts and our history and our experience, and they've kept us from actually seeing what the Lord is saying to us. One of the most novel things that, um, personally, I did not know this. I've been in the church since I was knee-high to a grasshopper. I did not have this idea in my mind, and I don't know how I missed it. It, it really has come more recently, even within these events, that we can be disconnected from the Lord because we don't see the reality of him tabernacling his life in us, Christ in us. And in that disconnection, we are not able to perceive what is going on around us. In my mind, so much of it has been, if I can get these things right and get all these things in order, then somehow I'll be accepted and in that acceptance, I'll somehow be approved of. And in that approval, maybe something magical will happen. And something will just happen. <laughs> now, I don't know if you've had that kind of thinking in your life, but I think that we're, most of us are akin to that kind of per perception. It's called, it's not called the gospel of grace. It's called religious system. And, and here, here's the difference. The Lord wants full connection. He wants a full internal connection with us of being. That the reality of him living his life in you is real to you almost to the extent that you would believe that his eyes is, are looking through yours. And so God is not some far off that I'm trying to get attention to or get him to like me or that he's even getting closer and closer and closer and that I'm perceiving him but know that he's inside. 
And my orientation has to change. I didn't think that that really mattered, but listen, you cannot have proper discernment unless this is your reality, that Christ in you, the hope of glory, is living his life through you, and that's how you're viewing your life. Let me say this, too, that I've learned, that in that transaction, in that connection, life flows out of you, or a life-giving spirit comes out of you and changes the reality around you. And so I'm not waiting on some kind of magical thing to happen to me or some kind of thing to, it's finally, you know, my ship's going to come in. No, the ship of God is in, if you want to use this kind of, is already there. He's there right now. And everything of sin, the devil, his minions, and the world is trying to convolute that, use this technical word, ontological connection. <laughs> I mean that his being by the Spirit of God is living his life in you right now. Can you imagine such a thing? I'm not trying to get to God. God's in here. And I'm of a God class. I'm not of another class of being. I'm not, a, I'm not an alien in that sense. I'm, not a, I'm, I'm most inhuman when I don't believe or live out of the reality that Christ is in me. And what I've, I'm going to say this, I'm going to repeat it again. I cannot perceive rightly at all unless that's my reality. My perspective, and I've heard Brad Ames say this many times, ex, experiential, a perspective of the experiential revelation. And I, I heard him say it one time. I said, that's P-E-R, of the Son. He would say, of the Lord Jesus Christ. The person is what we are. We're not. Some weird thing, you know, being a believer and a Christian, that we're, per, we're people. And so that reality would manifest out of us. But see, let me say this again. When you came in this morning and you're experiencing that convolution, that delusion, that, and I'm not saying all of you are, but that mind meld, whatever that's trying to play on you, that is not the reality. That storyline is trying to tell you a different reality, and that is not your reality. And you can't know reality until this life of God inside of you, this consciousness of God is, over, is overwhelming your, the consciousness of sin and your social perspective around you. This is so important for us. Um, it's, it's got so much to me that I'm getting where I don't trust myself at all in my thoughts or what I'm doing unless I'm in an experience of God's personhood relating through me in me that I need to be careful the way I'm coloring things and looking at things that I cannot make right judgment. And I want to say that about me. I'm not putting that on you, but I'm telling you what's happened to me, that everything is chaos until it's not. And so this connection that I'm speaking about with you today is paramount and I believe Paul knew it. He called it the mystery. Perspicacity then, back to it, is penetrating discernment. It's, it's meaning, thought, sightedness. It's, it's a clarity of vision and or the intellect which provides a deep understanding and insight. It takes the concept of wisdom even deeper in the sense that it denotes a keenness of sense and intelligence applied to insight. It has been described as a deeper level of internalization. 
Another definition refers to it as the ability to recognize, listen, subtle differences between similar objects or ideas. The artist Rene, um, I may mispronounce this, Magritte, illustrated the quality in his 1936 painting, Perspicacity. The picture shows an artist at work who studies his subject intently. It is an egg, but the painting which he is creating is not of an egg. It's an of adult bird in flight. Um, let's pray for a minute. Let me thank you, Lord, for perspicacity in this room and the understanding of what you're saying and doing here. And I pray that clarity would come to our minds and our hearts right now, that everyone right here on the sound of my voice and is watching, listening online, would connect right now with you. When you open your eyes or if your eyes are open, that you're seeing through his eyes right now, and you just make that connection. Amen. Um, I what I want to do it, getting this from the word right now, just to make sure that we do this well. I want to um, see here. Uh, step step back to last week and build a context, and then uh, and I want to demonstrate how the Holy Spirit is speaking. Zechariah chapter six, verse one. Once more, he says, "I looked," and so in, because we're in this series, he's saying, "Hey, look! Once more, I looked. Uh, once more, I." I needed to have my eyes open and illuminated uh, so that I could see into what God is doing. God's coming to Zechariah in a very um, peculiar way. And I, 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 I want you to hear this from me, that when God is revealing God to the human heart and the human spirit, he's, he can be heavily metaphoric. He can work through symbol, symbology. He can work through odd parabolic you know, speech. We want a God that communicates with us in the way that we communicate with someone else. But let me just say that God may not communicate with you the way you communicate with others. The Lord's per, the way he communicates, is, I think, is very important to the way uh, that we come to know him. I think we've expected that God would communicate like us. And uh, the point here is, is I don't know that he does. I know that uh, largely he, he uh, may come in a way that we're unexpected. And I want to say this, you know, Moses was experiencing in this in, uh, in Horeb. Uh, 40 years on the backside of a wilderness environment. And I believe that what God was really training him through, through that adversity that he was facing, that humiliation and humility that he was growing in was that he would finally see a bush that was not consumed, that was still on fire. I want to suggest to you that God, who's living his life in you, the fire in, in you is waiting to be noticed, and that he's encountering with things around you to interact with him 
um, in a way that maybe not be akin to the way that you're used to being uh, communicating. Uh, some of us communicate through our five senses a lot. Some of us uh, communicate through our emotions. Some of us communicate through our thinking. And I'm not saying the Lord doesn't use your intellect and your mind and uh, your, your emotional capacity. He does. I think he would do whatever he could to reach down to man and to communicate with us. But he may be, it's possible that God is, who's living in you, is wanting you to see outside of you the way that he's moving around you and connect the dots. Now, my relationship with him is much like that. I've realized that I can't progress in my relationship with him. It's kind of like until I see what's, or what he's revealing around the relationship, i.e. Moses. And Moses sees, he says he turned aside to what? To see. And when he did, there I am was. There I am is. It's possible that scripture doesn't say this. I am was always there. Probably so, since his name is I am. <laughs> 40 years later, why did it have to be? 40 years in the wilderness with Israel, why did it have to be? Maybe for us it doesn't. I want to suggest that I don't think it has to be. I think that's why the Lord, it says, unless a preacher is sent to them, they won't believe. Because That's why I'm here. Not because you don't believe, but because you can say, wait a minute, that guy's talking about the kind of stuff I'm dealing with. Oh, I understand. God's trying to communicate with me. The God inside of me is wanting to connect with the God reality around me. And so once more, I looked. And then he sees four chariots emerging from between two mountains of bronze. Now, um, that kind of imagery, I'm not going to all the details of it this morning, but I, I want to say that last week when we were in worship, after a period of waiting on the Lord, he says to me, your enemy stole your lightning. Now, I, I know when he tells me this, that my enemy stole my lightning, I know he's speaking not just to me, but to all of us. I believe he's speaking about mankind, that he stole your pronoun, meaning that mankind's lightning has been taken from them. And I got to be honest with you. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I'm up here. Stephen's worshiping. Your enemy stole your lightning. Next thing you know, a bunch of us are underwater, uh, swimming like fish to go chase down a sea dragon. <laughs> And I was like, what in the world? And, uh, you know, th that's odd imagery. I was like, why, why are you showing me that? And I go over to Stephen. I was like, that's why we're going to try to play this song, Diver. Because we're all like diving under the sea to deal with uh, chaos and to go after our enemy. He says, uh, go to your enemy. I go to Stephen. I said, you got any, like, enemy hunter songs? Because <laughs> I need one where we can, like, hunt the enemy. Do you have one of those? You know. Then I should have told him I need an underwater enemy hunting song. Because he kind of looked at me and smiled. He's like, well, I don't, maybe. I've, I've got some lyrics in my mind, you know, from the Lord maybe about enemy hunter underwater songs. But again, I was like, Lord, I don't know what you're talking about. What are you doing here in the context of um, this event? And then he says to me, like internal audible, Percy Jackson. And y'all know Percy Jackson, the story? There's a movie. Um, I didn't know I'd punch in Percy Jackson on the Google. 
and up comes, uh, up comes this series of books that are written by this guy who wrote a series on Percy Jackson. And I look down, and it, it says The Lightning. And it's this picture of this book, the uh, Percy Jackson book, The Lightning. Yeah, and now you have to understand, the Lord had just said to me, and I'm doing this as a demonstration of perspicacity. Because the Lord's like, you got to just tell the story, and then it'll help to understand. I don't know, what are you doing here? And I, we deal with this every week in these events because we're not actually running these events. The Lord is. <laughs> you know, I'm up here every week like, I don't know what we're doing. I have no like, idea what I'm doing at all. Just saying, I don't know why anybody would follow somebody like that or even come to this church like that. Just saying, you, I wouldn't even come. You know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 oh, that person has no idea what they're doing. That's, that's exactly what's going on up here just to say. We're just following the Lord. And because I'd asked the Lord, I said, in this new work collider, what do you want to do? He said, demonstrate in front of them your, your relationship with me. Like you're doing it up, what you would do when you're with me. I'm like, yeah, I could do that. He said, that's all I'm asking you to do. I'm not asking you to do more than that. I said, all right, I'll do that. So um, without, you know, for a long time, it was with a lot of shame because you're like, I don't know. And it can feel really exposing, just saying. He said Percy Jackson. So I, I punch in the thing. Did it come up? And, and the book says on it, The Lightning Thief. The first book that comes up. And I said, oh. But honestly, I did not see the thief part. I just saw the lightning. And I said, oh, it's lightning. And then he has a series of books. And, and one, I think the next one's called The Sea Beast or something. Is that right? The Sea of Monsters, thank you. And then the third one is Titan's Curse. It's, it's, it's mythological, right? But why would God be speaking of mythology? You know. Well, I've come to know him as, as a God who can speak in all kinds of various different ways. You'll hear a bird that he made whistling and making a sound, and it'll match something you're going through. I mean, the Lord uses poetry. He uses so many different ways to communicate to us as his people. I love that about him. And so, um, so I'm up here, and I'm, I didn't explain this. All I said up here last Sunday is, I think the enemy stole our light, and let's go enemy hunting. And I find out uh, later that evening, I was expressing this to Tom and Janie McManus, and Tom says, what did you say that book was? I said, Percy Jackson. So he goes over, gets his phone out, looks it up, and he says, look, Carol, it says the lightning thief. Now you know what I have? I have an objective proof of an unseen reality. And faith is the title deed hoped for, the objective proof of an unseen reality. Now I know the perspective, or I'm now gaining perspicacity related to Asheville Collider and our whole entire team and this family that we have together. Starting to see something in the sea, in the midst of chaos. Um, Stephen's dealing with issues up here. He, he's telling me we had a briefing. So I, uh, Stephen and I debriefed together usually every week over the event. I wish we recorded most of them, but some of them are personal. But I mean, they're powerful debriefs because... He's explaining what he's going through, and I'm going through, and he, he comes right up to me. Uh, we go out to eat, 
And he, he comes right to me, and I, if you take this down or you want my notes, I'll send them out to you this evening. And he says, Carol, have you heard this podcast? Um, it's called Jonah and the Chaos Dragon. It's in the Naked Bible 347 podcast with Dr. Michael Heiser, uh, Jonah and the Chaos Dragon. Now, he didn't know my story about the lightning, and it's your enemy that stole your lightning. And what him and I were able to sit there and do uh, while we were having lunch together is we were able to discuss how the Lord is showing us together uh, how our enemy has come to steal something from uh, God's people and um, in the context of a water imagery. I had got a new hat just to say, and I brought this out last week, and it, this seeger means sea spear. And so last week, the Lord says, turn to Habakkuk chapter 3 and read it, and you see this sea imagery in Habakkuk 3, and you, you see this lightning imagery, and you see this spearing imagery. And so I was like, man, if the Lord's not talking to our whole entire camp here, nobody is. And he's speaking to us. And I'm, I'm going to attempt to uh, capture what I believe that the Lord is is beginning to say to us. The Lord is wanting to take the chaos that occurred in Eden, both in a Babylonian sense of trying to cover ourselves after the exposure, and in an Assyrian sense of saying that he's God of the mountains and not of the valley and heal his people. He's wanting to take the chaos that the sea imagery represents and the dragon imagery that's represented within the sea, Leviathan, and restore us back to order. A, a palisade last week or a place of defense within the context of the garden. In a larger context within the cosmos. What he's carving out for us here in this camp, in, in our family together is, I want you to rule in the midst of chaos. I want you to govern and take dominion without shame anymore. I want to restore your relationships. I want to restore your families. I want to put you back together. I'm, I'm ready to take you out of of exile. I've, I've been moving you out of exile. I want your relationships restored. I want to bring you into health and vitality. And I want to restore your businesses, your ministry context. I want to restore uh, your family uh, context related to uh, provision and blessing. Your chaos dragon, this Babylonian uh, system of covering up thinking that if we went to a place of exposure that we had to hide ourselves and be behind uh, this fig leaf type picture that I want to get that off of you and I want you in the midst of a family with who I created you to be in my image and likeness expressing my life out of you 
And again, I've said it again. I want to take the Assyrian concept out of you so that no more you'll say that, yes, I'm God of the mountain. I recognize him. I believe that you are now, but I don't know if you reward those that diligently seek you. I want to restore to you back that I am and I'm a rewarder. I will reward you and I'll bless you. I'm a good father. It's time for the lie to end. And so I was looking at this and I received a, a book in the mail that I had ordered and I highly recommend it. I'm not saying you should get it, but it's called The Exodus Old and New. It's a biblical theology of redemption by um, Michael Morales. And I opened up the book. I opened up the book in the middle of all this this week. I think I got it in Monday or Tuesday. And I opened up the book and it says, Slaying the Sea Dragon. I paged through it, and it, again, slaying the sea dragon, slaying the sea dragon, the larger narrative, and I opened up to this page by uh, Gustave Doré, The Destruction of Leviathan. I knew without question that God is speaking to us. I mean, this was not just one connection, not just two connections, not just the lightning thief, not just... Your enemy stole your lightning, not just, and I didn't share this with him. We'll talk about this more, but Tom has this water, water that he's brought. Uh, it's amazing, and it's got a lightning bolt on it in the midst of water, and he brings it out right after this. It's like, there's another connection. And then I get the book in the mail, and he's like, slaying the dragon. Leviathan. It's in the book. It's the, it was like the first page I opened up to. And so what I, what I want to do, because I think hopefully I piqued your interest, you bunch of dragon slayers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I open up the book, and um, in the introduction, it says this. Who was your guide or who your lantern to lead you forth from the deep night? which steeps the veil of hell in darkness. Anybody know where that comes from? Well, that was Dante. You said, oh, you know. Dante, I can't pronounce his last name, Alighieri. And he's getting into how Dante was laying out a soul's conversion and how it went from a, uh, you know, this state of sin and misery and into the grace of salvation. And... He begins to talk about Dante's um, divine comedy. How many of you have read that uh, poetry? I have not. I've read some other poetry, but I, it's, it's rich. Uh, Y'all have read it? I've read some Homer. You know, I've read, you know, I've read Milton. I love, love Milton. But I hadn't really read Dante's divine comedy. But in, in the book, it's broke up into, apparently, or into three sections. And I, part of what I wanted to do this morning is just draw out these three and, and then say what I believe the Lord is saying to us, uh, epitomize that, and then we'll close. In his three sections in the structure of it, he has a section uh, called Inferno. And then he has a section called Purga, Purgatio. How do you say it? It's Purgatory. And then he has one called Paradisio. And so um, let me read to you a little bit about how Morales says this, because I think it's, he's going to say it better than I can. In a brilliant passage of his poem, uh, the Canto to uh, Purgatory, 
Dante unveils his biblical theology with multiple layers of Exodus symbolism streaming together into a single scene. Having emerged from the pit of Sheol onto the shores of the afterlife, his face washed of death's grime, Dante the pilgrim watches as a divinely navigated ship draws ashore. It's bearing the souls of the redeemed who had recently died. The souls are singing Psalms 114 in Latin, and that's Psalms 113 in the Vulgate, a song that, as we learn from Dante's letter, bears testimony to the historical exodus of Israel out of Egypt. Even as these singers are themselves undergoing an exodus, their deliverance out of corrupt creation into glory. Meanwhile, Dante, the pilgrim, is himself experiencing spiritual conversion. It's symbolized by his emergence out of Sheol while still a living mortal. This scene, moreover, takes place at the dawn of Easter, celebrating the resurrection out of the grave of Jesus Christ, in whose footsteps the pilgrim follows. Resolving the ultimate exile, Dante's exodus leads to his reentry of Eden on the summit of God's mountain. And his spiritual conversion is described as his being granted to come from Egypt to behold Jerusalem. Even the threefold structure of the poem follows the pattern of the Exodus story. So Inferno relates to Israel's exodus out of Egypt. That's symbolic of Sheol. And, you know, remember when the Lord saved you, right? Coming out of the Inferno, and then he goes on to say that in the purgatory, this is centering on a great mountain and dealing with themes of sanctification and perseverance. And it relates to Israel's wilderness experience from Mount Sinai as its focus. Note, there's a Moses-like figure of Cato encountered here. But then, and uh, Paradisio, it relates to Israel's dwelling in the land with God, a foretaste of paradise. Dante's theological journey as spiritual conversion traces the route of both Israel's historical exodus out of Egypt and Jesus' Christ's path of death, burial, and resurrection, even his ascension into heaven. The end of redemption is not to live a bodiless, ethereal existence in the afterlife of heaven, but rather to be raised up in glory with a real new creation body, a glorified one, for a life of unending joy with the Son, the Father, the Holy Spirit, all of God's people from every nation ushered in a renovated heavens and earth, the final exodus, which is anticipated in Dante's poem. I would... I read that and I got so excited because I knew that the Lord was saying to me that what was happening corporately with us, this remnant, was he was entering us out of the purgatory season into a paradise season in preparation for the inbreaking of him hitting the eastern sky. I knew it. And he told me this. He, he shared this with me. He said, that's what I've called this ministry to. As an exit place to millennium, but an in-between place where we would come into paradise now. Now, Karen and I got to share like a brunch with uh, Richard and Ann 
uh, Nolan this week. And um, Richard, they were sharing with us, is it okay if you share a little bit about your home? And but they, they, they purchased a new home uh, in, uh, in this area here, a uh, beautiful home. And they're in their 80s, by the way. <laughs> and he was telling me about how he had was going ahead and moving their things out of, into a storage. And he says to me, he says, uh, yeah, I, I got this storage over here in Hendersonville called Summit. And man, as soon as he said that, man, my, my whole person just lights up inside because I brought this book in there with me because I wanted, I don't know, maybe the Lord had prompted me to. And our senior couple in our ministry, the Nolans, 84 and 81 years old, the Lord tells me, he says, you know, their, their purgay show is over. And it cued me because it's, it says right here in the book, I resolved the ultimate exile and leaded to a reentry of Eden on the summit. And I knew, I knew from the Lord that their time of exile, it was over. And that if the senior couple in our ministry is experiencing translation out of the purgatory years of, saint, of God's dealings, of, of bringing through, and he's bringing them into the land of blessing. And I know this from the Holy Spirit because he told me this before I even talked to them. Mark my words, this people will come into a paradise now. I will take this remnant that has been exiled by me, by the way, and I will bring you into paradise. And it won't be because you're crossing the chilly Jordan because you died, but I'm going to bring you into paradise now. I'm going to restore you. I've been restoring you back to me, and I, I know this from the Lord because he's like sets this whole thing up. He's done it in such a way and so with so much profundity of his character and nature that I knew that for many of us, the days of, of the exile, of waiting for the integration of the tabernacling of God in us, of what he's wanted and longed for to be one with us, is happened in you and that is happening in you and that you've been through trials and hardship and uh, believing this message, but you believe and he's integrated his life into you. And I want you to have a testimony like this um, and believe what the word of the Lord is. I want you to trust that what I'm telling you today is in fact the truth from the Lord. In a time and space, in a characterization of a now moment, even within the, uh, even within the earth's structure that this is uh, the time for the sons and daughters of the Lord to enter into the full inheritance preparatory for his embreaking to come. You can call it ah-mill, post-mill, pre-mill, call it preterism, call it whatever eschatology you want. But there's a reality of a paradise now, a reality of the God-man tabernacling, you know, with you. But in the God-man tabernacling in you is that the world around you must shift. It must come, become a paradise it must. Listen, you can't take another um, report for your life anymore. The chaos dragon is defeated. 
You know, we say, why did we go through what we did? I don't understand the times and seasons of God. That's not my business. It's not our business. It's his. I want to give you just one thing on perspicacity because it's very important in that your discernment sees rightly in this new environment, a new reality. I made a mistake last night. I want to confess my sin because I'll get healed if I confess in front of all of you. I made a mistake last night. Uh, Kara and I were about to leave and I, and I said, um, she said, do you think we should get the kids going? I said, yeah, but normally when you say that, I have to wait another hour. And um, I'm willing to put all the energy that I need into this to get these six kids out of the uh, lake and get everything going and I'll do my part and pick up and get all, you know, they all have shoes and wet stuff and towels and you know we were down at uh, Lake Wiley and uh, with Kara's family and I and I said that and I didn't think much about it except that it kind of I don't know didn't feel exactly right to me that I said that because it sort of was implying that she's caused me to wait <laughs> which she has um, many times If you're married, you'll understand what I mean. That's why a number of you are laughing. Or if you're not, maybe you understand what I mean. I don't know how many times I've sit at shopping centers just sitting there. I was so glad when the iPhone came out. <laughs> I could at least read or listen to something or watch something. Or I'd take a book with me. But it's okay, you know. But I said that, and so we get 27 minutes down the road. We're in Gastonia, and Kara says, Oh, my goodness, I forgot my phone. And so we went and looked at it on Find My iPhone, and there it was, back at the place we had just left. And I feel like the Lord's like, not a word. Don't you say a word to her. Don't you do that, you know, because it's like, how could you? You know, it costs us another hour. We're tired. You know, you, all the things that you can do to point a finger. I'm like, not a word. And I said, so we're riding back, and the Lord said, you remember what you said? that she'll cost you another hour? I said, oh. Death and life is in the power of your tongue, son. You're framing future realities by what you just said. She didn't forget her phone because she's somehow unforgettable. She forgot her phone because you put a system of thought over the process of her mindset and it is covering and making it is what it is. And I said, man, I was repenting. I didn't tell her till this morning. <laughs> she said, I never put that together. I said, I could tell because when she came out of the house and she got her phone, she's looking down. I was like, I'm not going to make her feel bad. I'm going to do my best. I'm not doing that because I'm the one. It was on me. And the worst thing I want to teach you, I'm glad I can confess my sin in front of you. I am. I want to be. I don't. I won't. I want us to be people that have discernment to say what the reality is of heaven. Because this is what I'm getting at. This perspicacity is a calling of those things which are not as though they are, but in a right way. It's saying what heaven's saying, not what you're seeing in another person or what history has told you about a situation. Uh, let's stand together if you can. But it is saying a different report. It's framing the future, not based out of the past. It's not based in the guilt from the past. This is what I was and this is what I will never be or this is what I've got to figure out because i got to do it. No, 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 no. It's saying I'll only say what the Lord is saying out of my mouth. 
Do you know you're setting the future in front of you right now based out of the wisdom and life of God is coming out of your mouth that you're sowing into the future? If you say it's killing me, do you know what it's going to do? If you say it's breaking your back, you know what's going to happen? Do you understand if, like me, if I say I'm losing my hair, <laughs> well, help, Lord. <laughs> that would get me a full head of hair. You know, it's, anyways, what are we saying? And what I'm going to pray for you right now is that the Lord would increase and, and um, take your perspective and your mouth and put in you the words that come down from heaven, that come from his mouth, that would come out of yours. And you would only say what the Lord is saying. Are you okay with that? In the name of Jesus, I pray right now, everywhere, right here, I pray for an entering in of the Christ life, the Christ life that's in us, that we would connect with you. I pray over this people, Lord, right now, and I claim over them, they have come into the paradise of their life, that it's over, that the, the life that has been in the past is over. I pray that all chaos and everything that has tried to alleviate to come against them would be broken off of them in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, because this people here are the ones who do might and crazy exploits for the Lord. I proclaim over you that you're the head and not the tail, that you're the Lord's, and that God's life lives inside of you. Oh, I feel your life, Lord, in that. I feel like that that is your testimony over us. Christ in me, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Um, I repent for any words, any idle words, anything that's come out of my mouth that does not agree with what your perspective and your perspective is. I pray for a wisdom that only comes from your mind and from your heart. I pray that I would be integrated with that wisdom that all of us, under the sound of my voice, Oh, oh, give us this wisdom, Lord, to know how to come in and how to go out, how to meet the, this problem in that situation. We don't have to be in chaos anymore because we have you, Lord. You live in your life inside of us. You, oh, righteous king and good dog. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, I trust you. I trust you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. deal with something right here because the Lord's telling me you got to say this and it's like yeah some of you are saying apparently I can't make right judgment I've, I've just keep messing this up um, I'm having a problem with this area of my life it just I, I keep making bad decisions I want to encourage you that you're right that you can't do it in yourself that you're incapable that you need him it's this dependency this utter dependency in him it doesn't have to be on you so when you feel that pressure that comes and it's just like 
I got to make a decision. I, 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 I want you to stop. I want you to practically wait on the Lord and just say, what are you doing here, Lord? And don't make a decision. Don't make a perspectable thing. Wait on the Lord. You don't have to always make quick decisions. You can wait on him. That that lightning quickness of decision is coming to you. I believe that. But if you get into a place and you just can't make sense out of it, wait on the Lord. Just be patient. Wait on him. It may come the next morning. It may come a week. But he will deliver and he will answer and he will come through for you. Wait on him. May the Lord bless you. And may the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And I pray that he would put his name on your foreheads and that you would have peace. Bless you today. Amen. the night. 